Good morning, New York. Thanks for tuning in to the GGNY radio station. It is a beautiful 70-degree day with sunny skies and a perfect day to discuss the topic of satire. For those of you who don't know, satire is a literary style that is used to ridicule human vices, often in a humorous way. As we know, satire is very present in the media today and is used to lighten a more serious subject. Throughout today's show, we will be discussing effective and ineffective satire and how it is used throughout different pieces of writing. As we move along, we discuss how satire is used as well as the topic of race present in the very well-known book, Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. If you are not fully familiar with this novel, it takes place in the 1800s and magnifies the idea of race and how it affects people's attitudes towards each other. But enough of this boring talk, let's get to the real conversation. Today, I have a special guest on the show with me, Abby Song. Abby is a literary major and professor at Harvard University who is very well-versed in the literature from the 1800s. Thanks for having me, Gretchen. I am so excited to be here this morning. Let me just say, Huck Finn is one of my all-time favorite books. I still remember reading it for the first time in my 10th grade English class. I didn't love it as much back then, but I have grown to appreciate it much more as I have gotten older. I am very excited to discuss satire and race in Huck Finn. It is such an important topic that every reader, young and old, should be aware of. Well, what are we waiting for then? Let's get to the discussion. To start off with our interview, I would like to discuss the use of effective and ineffective satire. When discussing satire, I think it always comes down to the question, what makes effective satire? Abby, what are your opinions on this? Great question. In the end, I think that a little bit of truth and courage is important for effective satire. Ambiguity is also essential because your readers or listeners should be able to and have to take a moment to reflect on what was just said. This question of effective versus ineffective satire is questioned by many people because many tend to think that satire must be funny, but that is not the case at all. It is something that is supposed to make you a little uncomfortable and something that you can think about. Creating this effective satire can be extremely difficult for some authors because in order to get their point across, they have to appeal to a large portion of their audience. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that if the author is using satire as much as Mark Twain did, they have to be skilled in creating the ideas in a way that is understood to a good percent of their readers. Now, Abby, pieces of writing such as The War Prayer by Mark Twain exhibit a great portrayal of satire. In this short story, the amount of patriotism is overwhelming, which is something most wouldn't expect to find in a story about war. It is understandable that most would find this work exceedingly ironic due to the expectation of this being a very sad, depressing, and possibly violent depiction of the war. This ironic take on patriotism, however, is what makes the satire so effective and such a strong piece of writing by Mark Twain. Terrific example of effective satire. On the other hand, if anyone listening is familiar with The Giver by Lewis Lowry, that novel, in my opinion, is an example of ineffective satire. Don't get me wrong, it's a great book and I enjoyed it very much, but the utopia and perfect society aspect of it are very hard to grasp for us as humans because it is not realistic. I think that what Lewis Lowry is trying to do is use reversal as the opposite of what human life is supposed to be like, with no emotion or memories of the past. The word they use very often in the novel is sameness, and this word is hard for us because it's something that we're not used to. For those of you who are just tuning into our station, we are now discussing satire and the use of satire in the Pulitzer Prize winning novel, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, written by Mark Twain. Can you give us an overview on how satire is used in this novel? Personally, Gretchen, I believe that it is nearly impossible to pick out every example of satire in Huck Finn. 
With time and analyzation, more of these will become obvious to you, as a lot of these ideas may be too large and perhaps get left unnoticed by the kids who read this novel in high school. Yes, I totally agree with that. Now let's focus in on some specific examples of satire in Huck Finn straight out from the novel. A big example for me was the feud between the Grangerfords and the Shepherdsons that went so far back they no longer knew what they were fighting about. At church one day, the pastor preaches about brotherly love, and both families seem to be quite agreeable. However, both families continue to hold their weapons during the church service, and the feud continues immediately following that. Straight from the book, quote, The men took their guns long, so did Buck, and kept them between their knees. It was pretty ordinary preaching all about brotherly love. Everybody said it was a good sermon, and they all talked it over going home and had such a powerful lot to say about faith, end quote. This is extremely ironic and a little bit funny because the two families are in a petty fight that has no cause. Brotherly love is loving your neighbors and those around you, and the irony in this shows the concept is so much stronger and more important than a fight that started generations ago. Welcome back, New Yorkers. During this commercial break, Abby and I were just discussing symbols, meanings, themes, and ideas that stood out to us in this novel. We agree that one of the biggest ideas in this novel is the presence of a race. The biggest controversy with Huck Finn is the use of the N-word 219 times throughout the book. Everyone has their personal opinion on this, but I think that the N-word is not one that should be shown or discussed in class. It is a horrific history attached to the meaning of the word as a derogatory term toward African Americans and could perhaps be replaced with a different word for classroom purposes. It is a word that is often heard in the media with a casual tone, but has a much deeper meaning that many people may not be comfortable to hear and discuss in class. Abby, your thoughts? Personally, I disagree. I believe that it is a powerful word that says a lot about the topic of race in Huck Finn. If you take away the language Mark Twain was trying to use in his novel, then you are changing the reality of the situation. This word was used very commonly at the time that Huck Finn takes place, and if that language is removed, people might lose sight of that. The N-word may make people uncomfortable to hear because it's supposed to. It exemplifies the topic of race, the time period, and the differences between Huck and Jim. If you are listening online, we would love for you to leave a comment and tell us your opinion on this topic. Moving on, racial differences are seen in many places throughout Huck Finn. Where are some of these moments seen throughout the book? Although Huck is dramatically younger than Jim, Huck often has the upper hand and believes that he is much smarter and more responsible than Jim. Again, this leads back to satire, as the reversal of the age rules is something you probably wouldn't expect from a 10-year-old. As a white male, Huck received an education, whereas Jim received none. However, the years that Jim has on Huck shows morals and character, something Huck tends to lack toward the beginning of the novel. Yeah, I 100% agree. The satire in Huck Finn is definitely still effective to this day, despite the fact that the book was published over 100 years ago. It really shows how great of a writer Mark Twain was, the way he makes his writing not only effective at the time, but a century later. And I think that the idea of satire through the years leads back to our other piece of effective satire, the war prayer. The idea of irony and patriotism and the war still holds true today. Although the field has changed since the time war prayer was written, the satire of this topic still stands very relevant. Now, Abby, I have one last question for you before the end of today's segment. What is needed in order to have a real and meaningful discussion of race in the U.S. today? I think in order for people to have a real discussion about race today, people need to have respect and keep an open mind, something many people tend to forget in this time and day. 
And if you're going to have a meaningful discussion about race, have some knowledge about the subject you are speaking about. I advise you listeners at home to keep these things in mind next time you land in a discussion about race, because these things can make all the difference. A great way to wrap up our conversation. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us, New Yorkers. Don't forget to subscribe to get all future updates when new podcasts are uploaded. We hope you enjoyed. Catch you next time on GGNY Radio.